The Productive Woman, Episode 69. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan and this is a podcast dedicated to productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. I'm so glad you've joined me today. In this episode, I'm going to share with you my conversation with productivity specialist and Israeli citizen, Julie Sharon Osher, who shared her thoughts on living a productive life and remaining productive even in the face of complications like chronic illness. You'll find information about Julie and links to the tools she recommends and the various ways you can connect with her online in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 69. And now let's get right into my conversation with Julie. I am really pleased to introduce to the Productive Woman listeners, Julie Sharon Osher. Julie and I met at a conference last year, and I have really enjoyed getting to know her since then, kind of in the online world. Uh, you heard Julie on the blab that we published as an earlier episode, and now it's just going to be Julie and, and me talking together. So I'm really looking forward to hearing from her about how she manages a very busy life. So welcome, Julie. Hey, Laura. Thank you so much for having me on. Well, I'm excited about this. I've been looking forward to it. We talked about it, you know, ages ago, and now we finally get to do it. You know, as anybody who's listened to the episode that was created from the blab that you and Priscilla and I did, they know that you write and podcast and do coaching about productivity. So I know you bring some special expertise to the discussion about how to live a productive life. And I want to get into that. But before we go into that, can we just talk a little bit about how you manage your own busy life? Yes, of course. Okay. And so I always like to give a little context so so listeners can kind of know how their life compares and so on. So can you tell us a little bit about what a typical day is like for you? Sure. So I'm a full-time entrepreneur, which means that I work from home. My significant other, Meron, is also a full-time entrepreneur, which means that we share space as in all spaces are shared, (laughs) (laughs) which offers its own very unique challenges. So usually for me, I wake up, it differs from different seasons to months to how I'm feeling. I tend to wake up at different hours, but my morning routine is always the same. I wake up, I get ready, I take my dog out for a walk, I get some vitamin D, I come back home, I put on full face of makeup. Makeup is an obsession of mine. It's something that I enjoy doing. And when I put a full face of makeup and get dressed and put shoes on and I'm no no longer in my pajama bottoms, I feel that the working day has started. So for me, it's an essential. After that, I grab my cup of coffee and comes the second most important part of my day, which is daily planning. No days are skipped. Weekends, even when I'm not working, everything in the morning starts with me grabbing my uh, Midori-style traveler's notebook. I'm an old school. I like pen and paper. And I just plan out my day, what I need to do, what's important to me. I outline everything. I divide all my tasks into four groups. And then I kind of put them in compartments. Now, 
different days of the week have different theming for me. So there are days as I juggle a lot of projects. So there are days that I dedicate to certain types of project uh, in my life. There are days that I dedicate to my personal online business. And there are days that I leave blank for creative work, such as writing and communicating with coaching clients. But when I start the day, I know what's the theming of the day. And I kind of work with it with the daily planning that I created until the late afternoon. And then I have the same routine every day. I have one hour for engagement and reaching in box zero and covering all bases. And I have another hour where I just take a bird's eye look on all the projects that I juggle to make absolutely sure that nothing fell between the cracks. So it means that I sync my Asana and my notebooks and my Evernote and my phone and everything. I just look at everything to make sure that what needs to be written down is written down, prioritized and scheduled, that people that I work with know that they're assigned certain things and that I know when things are going to get done and I can give uh, an authentic report to my clients. And this is how I wrap my day, by knowing that I covered all bases. So you kind of do, before you continued, David Allen in Getting Things Done talks about a weekly review uh, where, you know, you look at all your inboxes and you kind of get everything together. It sounds to me like you do a version of that every day. I do have a weekly version, but on my weekly, I usually look at bigger projects. So for example, I have a few clients that I manage their online businesses. So for them, I have a client that is now transitioning to a new site. So it means taking everything that they have and moving it to a new place. So on a weekly kind of review, I would look at that and I would look at, okay, where are we standing at this project? On a daily If this is a day where I handle uh, my online business projects for other clients, I would look at, did I cover all the clients that I work with on this subject? What did I do today? Is there anything that was supposed to be done today and wasn't? Why? What am I going to do? So it's kind of a micro level of that. But I find that when I do that and I invest the hour a day in it for everything that I do, my weekly review is so much more efficient. Yeah, I can see how that would be. I I mean, I do a similar but smaller version uh, at the end of my workday at the office where I will look at my task manager. I use Nosby at work because I have to use a a Windows-based PC there, so I can't use OmniFocus. But, you know, I look at that to make sure I've done everything that had to get done make adjustments if if something's going to get pushed. I, you know, I kind of do a a quick scan uh, of what I was supposed to, or what I had in mind to get done that day, what actually got done, what needs to get moved, and then make a decision about what I'm going to start with the next morning when I get to the office. Um, So I don't have to think about that when I arrive. But it's, you know, for me, I think it's maybe 10, 15 minutes that I spend doing that. So I think that's interesting. And I know you have a lot of different things going on. So I can see why you would need to do that and why it would be valuable to you. It just keeps peace and it keeps my mind at bay because I find that one of the most important things for me that prevent me from being productive is when I can't make the separation between work time and play time. Mm. So it's all kind of one continuous line. I know that I'm going to wake up and I'm not going to be productive and my mind is not going to be sharp and on focus. So I really need this one thing to do before I start my play time. 
Yeah. I need this wrapping for my date to stop thinking about it. Well, and especially because you work in your home. On the one hand, I think that would be great to not have to get up and go somewhere. But on the other hand, I can see how there could be a real challenge to have that separation, to not let work just bleed into the evening and take over all the time. Yes, and we do have a study, an, an office, so to speak, and we have both our working areas that look very different. You could not mistake his for mine and uh, vice versa. But I think we're going to talk about it in a little while. But I have quite a few medical situations, which they don't always allow me to work as a normal person would, you know, in a, in a in an office chair and in front of a table. So I even had a special couch brought in to mm. the study so I can be here and I can leave my laptop here at the end of the day. So it won't ble- because if I have my laptop, it works going to happen. I mean, I, I don't even notice it. I just, oh, I'm just browsing around in my inbox. Oh, I'm just going to check what's happening on these Facebook pages. Oh, someone wrote us a message. I need to take it. It, it never ends. So yeah. <laughs> I, I try just not to take the laptop out of the workroom. Yeah. Well, that seems, it sounds like a probably a really wise, uh, wise decision and a wise approach. And I should say, I, I don't think I mentioned at the beginning that what I find so interesting about having a conversation with you about this is there are so many similarities in our approach and, and the demands and the things that we have to do. But I'm in the United States and you are not. <laughs> I'm very not. <laughs> yeah. And so um, tell just just before we go into the next, uh, there, I do want to talk about some of the challenges you face in making your life productive. But give just the bird's eye view of kind of who you are and where you are and what your background is that brought you to what you're doing these days. Sure. So um, I, I'm almost 32, not just yet, but almost. <laughs> and <laughs> I live in Israel. I live quite next to Lake Galilee, which is incredibly beautiful around here. And because I'm an online entrepreneur, I get to talk to so many wonderful people like yourself, Laura, and I get to meet, I'm so fortunate that I get to meet so many people that share Christianity, that that for them, this place where I live is the holiest, almost mm-hmm. the holiest of all. And when they visit, which Absolutely should because we like we're practice tour guides. We can do <laughs> the, the the whole nine yards. It's it's awesome here. Uh, we just had Kamanzi Constable uh, around here, and we went and we saw amazing places. And okay, this is where it's written in the Bible that Jesus walked in water, and suddenly he says it, and I'm in awe because I live here, and yeah. it's ten minutes away from my house. So I live in Israel, very far away from the states. We're eight hours apart. Mm-hmm. You and I, um, I served the Israeli Defense Forces for seven years. I actually, when I was released, I was a high officer, a captain. Um, I didn't do anything really dangerous because my fighting was done with a keyboard because I'm uh, computer science in my training. Mm. And I got a very, very challenging role. I got to two teams that I was acting as their team leader in a very interesting area. They were very secret, top secret. They were very important for the survival of Israel. And so I found myself working 18 hours every day, which I didn't find a problem with it. I had a lot of fun. I loved my subordinates. I loved my clients. I would have probably still be doing it 
if one Friday I didn't break my back. Mm. I just woke up one day, I went to the grocery shop, and when I came back, I herniated a disc in my lower back. There are many ways to herniate a disc. Mine was <laughs> very... <sighs> I excelled in it. Let's just let's just put it this way. This is, this is you're an overachiever, I'm... Julie. If you're going to do it, do it <laughs> all the way. Yeah, and I can laugh about it now, but back in the day, it was horrible. It was horrible pain. I found myself crippled. I needed to ask my boyfriend to help me go to the bathroom. I mean, how embarrassing is that mm-hmm. when you're 25 years old? I mean, it, it's it's weird. And uh, after a long period of rehabilitation, I came back to my post office, to my office in uh, the army, and my doctor told me that I had to start working f- no more than four hours a day, which obviously I took as a joke because who works four hours a day? I mean, mm. no one, no one. It's not even half a shift. So I took it as reduce your working hours, which I did, and I started working only nine hours a day, which for me, it was insane. It was half a day. <laughs> but... Things started falling between the cracks and things wouldn't get done. And when we talk about systems that are responsible for lives of soldiers on the border, um, it was a big deal. I wouldn't sleep at night. It was a horrible, horrible period. It was two or three months. I don't remember already. It was so long ago. But after two or three months of living with the sense of I am a complete and utter failure and I'm failing myself and my country... I finally broke my back again. I herniated two more discs. And this time it was really serious. I showed up at my doctor's office after the ER. And he looked at me in disbelief. And he said, you were not working four hours, were you? And I was like, well, you know, nobody works four hours. I thought you were kidding. Uh, Yeah. And I was like, well, who? Like, you didn't really mean it. And he looked at me. I was born in Ukraine and I came to Israel when I was seven years old. He said, I, I see according to your name that you weren't born here. So maybe there is a language barrier. So I'm going to make it as clear as I possibly can. Unless you start working four hours a day, tops, starting today, not tomorrow, today, Julie. By the age of 30, you're going to be in a wheelchair. Mm. You cannot work more than that. And if you need to give up your role in the army, then this is what you do. Because unless you want to be in a wheelchair. So I really didn't know what to do. Uh, I did try um, time management techniques. I did try GTD. I tried all sorts of things uh, months before I herniated my first disc and it just didn't work for me or so I thought. So I came to my commanding officers and I asked them to transfer me to any other place where I could work for four hours a day because I did not want to end up in a wheelchair. But it was not possible because in the army you can't resign or ask to be reassigned because not always it's possible and you don't make the calls. So Mm -hmm. I asked them to break my contract. I said, okay, I'm going to pay a fine and I just want to be released from the army altogether. And while it was my choice to make, as I found out, the bureaucracy would take about two years, which is exactly the time I had left on my contract. So Mm -hmm. I had absolutely no choice. I was stuck in a place where I could not succeed, where I couldn't do what I needed to do and without the ability to fix it. I was also told that because I had to work only four hours and they had to respect it because it was a military doctor who prescribed it, they said that I will never be promoted, that even if I manage to do everything right and everything in a great way, they just can't promote 
and show to other soldiers and other officers that working four hours is acceptable. Because it was, long story short, by the end of my service, two years later, I got promoted thrice. I actually took over all the roles of all the commanding officers that were in the office when I was told that I will never be promoted again. Our team won every award there was. I actually started doing workshops on project management for other officers. And when I got, when it was about a month before I was getting released, they offered me a new contract stating that I was obligated to only one hour a day and I could do it from home if I wanted. But wow. And you did this because you were, if I'm, if I'm hearing this right, you were basically backed into a corner. You had to do the job, but you could only do it within a fraction of the amount of time that you had previously spent doing the job. And so being backed into that corner, you had to change your approach to work. I had to cut really deep into the flesh of my work because it was not going to get done otherwise. There is no physical way of cramming 18 hours into four. It's just it cannot be done. But other things can be done that will bring even better results. And this is what I had to realize. And and hadn't I been backed into a corner, I would probably still be there working 18 hours a day Mm -hmm. and feeling completely content and happy, by the way, with it. And so from that was born Time Hackers, basically, the, your business where you write about, you podcast about, you coach people in how to manage their time and how to be productive and how to get their stuff done. Yes. Okay. Yes. And we'll get back to that. I thought it, was, it would be valuable for listeners to hear the background that you come from, because, you know, a lot of us in the United States were, are not military. We're, we don't have the kind of, uh, we don't get involved in the service that, and we're certainly not on the front lines in the sense of, you know, where soldiers' lives are dependent on the work that we're doing. So having that context for what you do and what brought you to where you are now, I think is really valuable. And so you've told us a little bit about what your day is like now, and you've kind of alluded to part of the answer to the next question, but but let's go into this a little bit. When it comes to managing your time, to making the life that you want, to, you know, whatever, all of us... Uh, most of us struggle with different things. For some of us, it's just time management. For some of it's, you know, we have too much stuff and keeping our papers and our belongings organized. What are your biggest challenges when it comes to managing your life and, and getting the things done that matter to you? Well, two, top two come to mind. The first one, which we kind of touched base on, is separating work from life being working at home and having everything here and having my brain does not stop. It does not have an off button. If I worked on something and I have an idea, it will pop whatever it is that I'm doing. And I can, I cannot stand not taking care of it. I cannot stand not at least writing it down in the place that I know that I will find it tomorrow morning, Mm -hmm. which means that I always have a pen and paper with me always at all times. This is one. And the second one, which I think is tougher to tackle for me, is the fact that I'm a person who likes to get things done completely and to the fullest and 100%, which means that when I segment my day, if I started, if I got into a project or a task and I started working on it and my alarm clock goes off saying, okay, you need to stop now and move on to the next 
assignment on that you planned for today, it's really hard for me to let go of it. Mm-hmm. Even if I know that another five or 10 minutes would not make a big difference, I would, I still have the tendency to try and get as much done as I possibly can, which obviously negates the entire point of segmenting my day and planning it out because if I'm not going to follow through, then what's the point? Well, yeah. And and it sounds like part of what you're saying is, you know, you have a hard time with unfinished business with a partially completed task. I, I struggled with that when I first began practicing law. It was really hard for me to go home at the end of the day with work undone. And I would work very, very long days, but I finally had to, in my case, accept the fact that the work will always be undone. There is always more I could do. And I had to learn to walk away, to leave a project partially done, knowing that I would pick it up the next day so I could go home and be with my family or sleep or, you know, do the other things that matter. Yes, it's very well put, having trouble with unfinished business. This is exactly what it is. And combining that with the fact that I don't have the transition phase of leaving the office, shutting the door, locking it, heading towards home, going on a tram or uh, in my car and finally arriving. I don't have that. Like I get out of the room and I'm home. Yeah. And it's still, it's right on the other side of that door. The work that you could go, I could see how it would be very tempting if you're the kind of person that likes to get things completed to think, well, let me just, you know, I'll grab a bite and I'll go back in and just work a little bit more on it. Yeah. And and then you never get the rest. And you have reasons why you need rest because you and I've talked and you, and I know you've talked about it Uh, you know, on your podcast and in various other places, because you have some health issues that you have to take into account in planning your day and planning your work. Yeah. So aside from uh, my back injury, which uh, luckily for me is almost fully healed. I'm not in a wheelchair. I walk all right. I don't need help. I'm not handicapped. But still, when the seasons change and there is a bit of cool weather, I walk like an (laughs) 80-year-old. And aside from that, I, at a very young age, was diagnosed with a a disease that's called fibromyalgia, Mm -hmm. which is basically, it's a couple of symptoms brought in together to create this living hell. Uh, So the major part of fibromyalgia is that the brain does not translate the transmissions that it gets from the body correctly, which means that sometimes I get tickled, but my brain... um, translates it as excruciating pain. Hmm. Um, So a lot of the things that happen in our body with soft tissues surrounding joints and regular people who don't suffer from fibromyalgia don't even know that it happens. For me, it feels like constant pain to the point where I get inflammations in my joints and my fingers and uh, elbows and my legs and my knees. And So this is one of the symptoms. It also goes with um, headaches and chronic fatigue syndrome and irritable bowel and you name it. And there are people that have a few of them. There are people that have all of them. You knowing me and my past, you can rest assured that I have all of them because I'm an overachiever. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) If you're going to be sick, you're going to be really sick. If you're doing anything, do it to the fullest. Um, Unfinished business, they have no place here. Um, But truthfully, it used to be something that really interfered with my life because I would wake up 
And I didn't, I literally didn't know if I would be able to get up out of bed. I, I just didn't know. And I could plan from, you know, until next week and it wouldn't matter because I woke up and that's it. And nothing more productive is going to happen. But today I kind of have a system. I found that the less I think of me as a sick person and a person that needs to get things done because I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, I just live the day and I do whatever I want whatever I think that is that should be done today without mentioning tomorrow what can or cannot happen. And I find that this works best because the additional stress of thinking, oh my God, I have an extra hour because I finished everything earlier. So maybe instead of resting, I'll just try and get something done because maybe tomorrow I'm going to be sick. Probably if I did that and I didn't allow myself this extra hour of rest, tomorrow I am going to be sick. Mm. <laughs> so it's basically you, you have a plan. I, I know from our conversations before that you have systems and routines, but you hold those loosely and you live one day at a time. Yes. And so you've told us kind of, of, of your day and that you have your morning routine and you have your, your way of organizing your tasks and your, your things that you're doing for your clients and for your creative work and so on. Talk a little bit more, if you don't mind, about the systems or the routines that you have in place to manage all of this and maybe things that you do that might be useful to listeners who are trying to figure out how to get their days in order. I know you mentioned that you have themes for your days and a mutual friend of ours, Mike Vardy, talks about theming your days. In fact, he and I talked about that recently. Talk about that a little bit and how, how you apply that to your life and to the, the work that you're doing and, and so on. Well, the, the very most important thing is to map out all the things that I juggle. Uh, and once I have that, it gets a lot easier because then I can plan them into my schedule and I can theme my days according to what's going on. And the theming changes every three months or so. Like it's not a schedule, but usually over the course of three months, I will get some new clients. Other Old clients either would finish their work with me or will transition into a different phase and kind of the work that I do with them will change. So every three months, I review everything that I have on my plate and I will theme my days in a new manner. This is one. Two, I always have a section at the very end of my day that never changes. All my days, working days, end in the very same day. And I make sure that I have a place for all the daily stuff that I want to do, but I, I would always prefer to do a running task over them. I would always prefer to work on a blog post to answering email. I would always prefer to finishing a project for a client to checking my Facebook group. I, I would always prefer that because this always seems more important. But in this way, these tasks never get done. So I just have a space for them. And I know that when my timer goes off, that's it. Whatever I did, I did. And I'm going to continue tomorrow. And I know that there is always a time preset for it tomorrow. So I don't need to worry about it. As I mentioned, pen and paper with me at all times. I use my, I, I have an iPhone 6. I use my uh, reminders app and my notes app and Evernote is synced. I have all these gadgets, but I still end up finding myself writing in my notebook. And tell me again, you use a particular kind of notebook for your kind of your task planning and all of that. 
Well, yeah, this is just, it, it's just more convenient for me. It's called a Midori style traveler's notebook. It's, oops, sorry. It's basically a leather notebook with elastics, uh, ba- elastic bands at the spine, and you can slip any notebook that you want in them. They come in various sizes. So it means that I have one notebook and everything that I need for the day is there. So my daily planning is there. My monthly view and future planning is there. My um, I do I have a bullet journal that is there and I have a private journal and they all are there. And as I mentioned, every three months, my projects change. So what I have in my notebook changes. So I don't need to switch notebooks. I just slip a different insert. In. This is why I find it so convenient for me. That sounds very. Is, is there a, a link or something that you could give me to put in the show notes so listeners could find what you know the ones that you use? Sure, okay. uh, I really love uh, the ones by Jennifer Harvey. Uh, she has a site called ChicSparrow.com. She uses all American leather and she does a wonderful job. I had several Midori style traveler notebooks. And hers are by far the best with the best details and best value for money, I find. Excellent. All right. So as we're sort of wrapping or heading, getting towards the end of our time, I always like to ask my guests a particular question, mostly because I learned so much from different ways of coping with things. And, and the question is, do you ever have a day when, you know, when everything just gets away from you or you get stressed out and overwhelmed and it's just kind of all too much? And if so, what do you do to get back on track when you have a day like that? These days happen to me all the time. I mean, I I can't even remember a week that it didn't happen to me. I don't remember that. But I have a system for that too. Uh, I find that when I try to power through things, it ends up being worse and it ends up affecting more time and I get stressed and I get anxious and it really doesn't end well for me. So what I do when when I start feeling that this is one of those days and nothing goes right and I'm sick or I whatever it is that's preventing me from being productive, I just give up. I tell myself that this is it. Okay, this is what I did. I am not going to do anything more. I give up. This is the end of my work day and that's it. And I make my peace with it. And sometimes it takes 10 seconds. Sometimes it takes an hour and maybe, you know, (laughs) ranting a bit to friends or family. But I make sure that I make my peace with it because this is the key for me. I go about my day. If, if I'm sick, I'm go, I, I'll go and make me myself feel better. I'll take a hot shower. I'll make myself a cup of tea. I'll watch Friends because I love this show and can watch it to the end of time. <laughs> Anything that makes me feel better and cozy and I will not enter our study anymore. And the interesting thing is that the more I do that, the more often it happens that after a couple of hours – I start feeling a second wind mm. and suddenly I get so much more productive than I started the day and I get even more things that I plan done. But even if it doesn't happen, even if I stay unproductive and I gave up on my day, I still don't feel guilty for it 
because it, th- there is just no point. I, I just find that it, it's not helping in any way for my today nor my tomorrow. So I, I just make my peace with it. That's consistent with what I always try to encourage listeners at the end of ep- every episode to, you know, to extend grace to each other, but also to ourselves to give our women need, we need to learn to just cut ourselves a break. Uh, and and not feel like well I've got to be superwoman all day every day and if I if I have a bad day or if I don't accomplish everything on my list or whatever somehow I've failed the world and and it's just not there's nothing productive about <laughs> beating up on ourselves about those days. Yes, I find that a lot of times I would catch myself having a really awesome day and making amazing progress with clients and with my own work. And, you know, I I should be going to sleep with a smile, but I'm beating myself up because there's an unwashed plate in the Mm. sink. Yeah. It's like, are you serious? Real, (laughs) real, the plate. Yeah. And and that comes around to the idea of giving ourselves credit for the things that we do accomplish, whatever those might be, rather than just focusing on the, you know, the one little thing that we didn't. I think that's such a, such a great perspective, Julie, and something I know that I need to remember, you know, on, on a regular basis. There's so much more we could talk about, and I hope that you will uh, come back again, maybe in, in the coming year and we can talk some more. But in the meantime, what's on the horizon for you? Do you, I, I know you've created various products and, that are available on your website. Are you, I don't know, writing any books, speaking anywhere? What's life looking like for Julie in the coming months? Well, um, I'm actually getting more and more gigs of public speaking here in Israel, which is incredible because I missed it a lot. I used to train computer science programmers in the army and I missed it. So it's, it's more for the soul for mm-hmm. me, though it is nice to be paid. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I am. I was supposed to publish a book this year and I kind of put it aside because uh, I felt that I was not ready for it. And I hope that uh, with the efforts that I'm putting in right now, it's going to happen in 2016. So fingers crossed. Very cool. Yes. Uh, the latest service that I've launched, which has been very scary for me to launch it, is admitting that there are people out there that they don't have the time or the willpower to become more productive, but they do have great ideas and they do have amazing value that they can add to the world. They just can't organize and coordinate everything that they need, all the moving parts to make it happen. So I offer them that I will make it happen for them. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's been an amazing ride so far. I have learned a tremendous amount of things because when you take something like that, you will start working with multiple teams and coordinating all these things. And you need to understand in the content world of every single project, which means that I'm a lot more educated now, which I don't know what can be better than this. So you're getting to learn while you're working with some interesting people and and expanding your business. Sounds very, very exciting. Where can folks connect with you online and and learn more about you and about what you're doing and, and, and what services and so on that you offer? 
everything I do is over at imjulie.com. It's the the letter I, the letter M, and my name, julie.com. Um, I also have a free tool that I find that helps me dividing all my tasks into the proper categories and prioritize them, which the listeners can download completely for free from imjulie.com forward slash cheat sheet. I find that it helps me. Most my clients, they, they find it so helpful that they report back, which is pretty cool. Um, and that's it. My podcast is there. My work is there. Work with me is there. Okay. I would love to connect with people. If anyone has any questions or things that are maybe more private that you wouldn't want to post on the site, my private email is j at imjulie.com. I would love to answer your questions. Excellent. And I'll put links to all that in the show notes so folks can find it there. Before we go, do you have any last words for the listener who might be, you know, listening to all this and, and, and maybe looking for some help in, in getting things done and making a life that matters? Yes, I have a phrase that I believe in with all my heart. Uh, I, I love it so much that it's engraved on my traveler's notebook that is with me all times. And it's never hesitate. I know that sometimes I personally preach against making, uh, you know, rash decisions, but sometimes just taking action is all that you can do because no matter what the outcome will be, you will learn from it. If it's a good uh, result, then it's incredible. But if it's a bad one, then you know what not to repeat tomorrow. So just don't hesitate and do what you feel that is right for you because you know best. That's such a great reminder. I, it, it made me think of something somebody said to me years ago that it's much easier to steer a moving ship than one that's sitting at port. And so even if you, you know, you take that first step and it's in the wrong direction, it's still going to be easier to recalibrate and, and steer than if you just, you know, sit on the shore and wish you were going somewhere. So great advice. Thank you so much, Julie. Thank you for having me, Laura. I had a, a ton of fun. Thank you. I really appreciate Julie taking the time to share her thoughts on how she manages her busy life and for her great suggestions for tools and resources that we can all use. But what do you think? Do you have any questions for Julie? Is there anything that she said that particularly resonated with you or that you have some thoughts about? I'd love to hear from you and I know she would as well. So please feel free to ask your questions or share your thoughts by going to theproductivewoman.com slash 69 and scrolling down to the comment section there. Or you can also post a question, a comment, what thoughts on the episode on the Productive Woman's Facebook page. Either way, if it's a question for Julie or a comment for her, I know she will see it. I will make sure she sees it and she'll be responding as well. If you have some thoughts you'd like to share with me privately, you can do that by emailing your questions, comments, or suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com, or you can leave a voice message by going to the website or the Facebook page and clicking on that voice message button. Either way, I really look forward to hearing from you. If you enjoy the show, if you think it's worthwhile, I would love to have your help. There are a couple of things you can do. First of all, tell a friend, tell folks that you know who might enjoy and benefit from the conversations that we have on The Productive Woman. Second, you can also help by reviewing the show in iTunes or on Stitcher. Uh, that does, as I've said, a couple of things. It, because of the algorithms, the way they calculate these things on iTunes and in Stitcher, the more reviews a show gets, the more visible they make it. So 
that's helpful. But even more important to me is the feedback. I benefit from hearing what you think of the show, uh, how it helps you, or what you think I could do better. So you can do that. There will be links in the show notes, but you can also just go directly to theproductivewoman.com slash iTunes or slash Stitcher. And that takes you right to where you can subscribe to the show and where you can also review and rate the show. I'd like to say a special thanks to a number of people who've sent some feedback in a couple of different ways. We got a ton of really great feedback on my conversation with Demetra Liggins in episode 67. Ashley Johnson on Facebook said that the episode offered an insightful profile on how the contemporary professional woman works to fit in all of her professional commitments while also making the needed decisions to ensure personal life balance. Uh, And I really appreciated that perspective on the episode. Also on Facebook, listener Ebony McRae said, it's a great podcast for any woman who wants to be more productive and less stressed. Thank you very much, Ebony. That's why I do it. So I, I really appreciated that vote of confidence. I've heard from a number of you via email, and some of that is very private, but I, w- I want to thank you publicly without disclosing anything. Uh, so Dana, for her email feedback, uh, she said, and I, I really appreciated this, she says, every professional woman I know, married or single, with or without kids, is trying to be their best self on most days. Thank you for sharing as many strategies and ideas as possible. And thank you, Dana, for that feedback. Uh, also, Nicole had some feedback via email on also on the episode with Demetra. Nicole said, so many things resonated with me in this article. About six years ago, I started my journey toward prioritizing me. Uh, it doesn't always look that way, but the small things make big impacts when balancing professional and personal. And she talks a little bit about having a housekeeper and how that can help, which is something Demetra suggested uh, has worked for her. Nicole goes on to say, family is important and so are my girlfriends in having me time. When my personal life is happy, I'm more a more productive professional. Thanks for sharing and confirming I'm not alone. And again, thank you, Nicole, that that just reaffirms for me that what we're doing here on the show is accomplishing what I hoped it would. Claire uh, via email said, I really enjoyed the program with Demetra, in particular, the tips about not oversharing. And if you've listened to that episode, you know that what Demetra was saying is we as women often need to learn to say no without going into a lot of personal detail about why we're saying no to, uh, you know, a request. Justina uh, sent a very kind email in response to my guest interview on Jeff Sanders' 5 a.m. miracle, and I really appreciated that. So thank you, Justina. I'm glad you heard it. I'm glad you liked it. I'm glad it, it was helpful to you. And finally, Brenda sent a very encouraging email. Uh, She had a lot of things to say, but among other things, she said, I think you do a great job of clearly communicating some topics that are pretty difficult to explain, but you always lay it out so clearly that it makes it so easy to understand. Uh, Brenda, I don't even know how to tell you how much I appreciate that because that's what I'm trying to do here. So thank you all for your feedback. It means the world to me and to to those of you who are listening. I, I hope to hear from you as well, whether it's on Facebook, on the, the show notes or via email. I love hearing from you. A couple of quick announcements. Also, a reminder that I'm available to speak at your events. As this is being published, we're in 
the end of 2015 in December, and you may be thinking about events and planning events for the coming year in 2016. And whether it's a woman's group, a retreat, a business team, if I could contribute to the success of that event and to add some value to the participants by talking about productivity-related topics, the things we talk about on the show, I would love to do that. So keep me in mind. Send me an email if you'd like more information uh, at feedback at theproductivewoman.com or you can call me at 972-638-0308 and we can talk about what the options might be. If you haven't picked up your free copy of my project planning template, that's available at theproductivewoman.com slash project. Uh, There's not necessarily a link there on the main page of the website. But that is still available to you if it might be helpful. That, I think, is it for this episode of The Productive Woman. Thank you so much for spending this time with me and with Julie. I hope you found something in this episode that's helpful to you, that helps you manage your time and life better and help you down the path of making that life that matters to you. I always look forward to hearing from you, and I look forward to talking with you again very soon. So until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself, and go make your life matter. The Productive Woman is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx.